They were the heroes from the future. Teenagers protecting the universe from those that would sow the seeds of chaos. Each had unique powers and abilities. And though they often had their differences, they came together to save the day as the Legion of Superheroes. Now you can be a part of their adventures and learn the history of the future in the Legion Clubhouse. This week on the Legion Clubhouse, we look at a young boy who was troubled in his youth, maybe picked on, maybe bullied just a little bit, and he grew up to host a podcast with me. Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, number 256. This is your life and death, Brainiac 5. Published October 1979. Written by Jerry Conway with art by Joe Stanton. Synopsis. It's a battle for the mind of Brainiac 5. This is your life and death, Brainiac 5. I'm not sure hey, I understand wait a minute. Are why. Are you talking about me? I never talk about you. Uh, this is your life and death, Brainiac 5. I'm not sure what that means because there's at no point in this story is he is he coming close to death at all, ever. I, I think it's just a riff on this is your life. Well, then then just say this is your life, Brainiac 5, and I wonder if that will get them in. Now, so many, some of our listeners, now, here's the thing. I have come to learn that many of our listeners are fine listeners out there. That does include you, who's listening right now. Uh, are maybe a little bit older, and so they probably get all of the references. But just in case there is someone sub-30 who is listening to this show, and if you are, just reach out and let us know. All you have to do is say, hey, I'm a sub-30, and I'll know I what that means. I might even say sub-40. I, I'm, I would say sub-30. That's that's what I'm going as, as my number. Um, th- there was a radio show in the 40s and early 50s called This Is Your Life. It then became a TV show on NBC uh, that uh, ran from 52 until 61. 61. And then they brought it back in 71 and 72, and then they had a bunch of specials in the 80s. So This Is Your Life is a biography where you bring someone out, and they kind of don't know what they're doing uh, there. And then the host, whichever the host is, sometimes it's uh, Ralph Edwards, sometimes it's some other person, And they kind of narrate the person's life in, I think, like 45 minutes, something like that. And they bring out people like, you may remember this person as your fifth grade teacher. And that person comes out and says a few things. And then they're like, and this voice is your first wife. And the guy's like, but she died in 62. And they're like, oh, we wheeled her out anyway. And so you spend the entire show just learning all about this person and their history. And it's supposed to be, you know, it's, it's, it's full of schmaltz. I will definitely say that if you've ever watched an episode, it is schmaltzy as heck. Um, but I, you know, it's one of those shows that's supposed to make you feel good about looking at your life and all of the things that you've accomplished. So yes, I'm sure that is where they got the title of this is your life and death brainiac five question mark, because at no point, I guess they, for our, salacious purposes to build up the hype machine. You need to put in and death to get the kids to go, Oh, Brainiac five might die. That's why he's sitting in his room all alone in the dark. And I got to think maybe he's just sitting alone in his room in the dark because he wants to be left alone. It doesn't mean he's insane. It doesn't mean he have any kind of mental deficiency. Well, I mean, he smashed the lights. He didn't turn them off. They replaced. Well, I don't, I don't think he has the ability to flip the switch. So that's why he smashes them. 
as soon as they fix the lights, he smashes them. Yeah, so because there's like not that. a there's probably not a light switch in his room. The the lights Don't are probably excuses. controlled by these quote unquote doctors that are overseeing him. Uh, and maybe that's the down glasses. How can they not be experts? Well, and I'm, I'm wondering if that's kind of the downside of free medicine in the future where yes, you're getting the mental health that you need, but on the downside, you're locked in a padded cell with, uh, no control over your environment. So your only recourse is to smash everything in sight. Watch TV and watch. I assume TV. We don't ever see what's on there. I'm sure that he's watching a popular reader. He's, it could be a micro reader. It could be a popular cam girl site or cam guy site. It could be any of those things, but I, you know, it's really weird because you just assume that, that he's insane, but it could be that he's just depressed. It could be that he's a goth. It could be that he's a vampire and that's why he wants to be in the dark all the time. (laughs) They really, they, it's really weird that you have this planet of doctors trying to figure out Brainiac's problem. And then it only takes uh, four Legion members to, to really solve the problem. Well, four Legion members and some serious crime. Um, but you know, the doctor explicitly says, Hey, give up on Brainiac five. You might be able to save matter eater lad if you're lucky, but Brainiac five will remain insane and criminal for the rest of his natural life. And I'm like, this is, this is, I'm sorry. That is not good advice. Even if the doctor believes that that's not necessarily, let me, you can't just come up to somebody and say, Hey, Hey, you know, well, we assume that this is, he's never getting out, but we assume that this is one of those things that, it, you know, this is not the first time they've come to visit Brainiac five and the doctor's like, Oh yeah, he's insane. He's never getting out of here. So I'm assuming that, you know, they've come to visit multiple times. And now finally the doctor's like, look, we need to have a serious talk. Uh, this is like that, that when you have to, sit down and, and have that conversation with a family about, uh, you know, someone is not going to wake up from that coma and you might want to just yank the plug kind of thing. And so yeah, that's what the doctor's have doing. have a little bit more of a bedside manner than this guy. Does. I, I don't know. I, you know, it's, it's grim, it's dire, it's the seventies. There's not a lot of hope. I mean, you have to remember, uh, mental health, um, uh, granted this is supposed to be in the future, but mental health in the seventies wasn't that great. I mean, it wasn't until I want to say like the late eighties that the, um, psychopath, uh, test was created, which, you know, they come to find out that it's, it changes over time. So it's not like just a rubber stamp that you, you put on somebody. Uh, but even, you know, the care of people who have, um, you know, depression or mental illness or whatever, uh, they didn't know how to treat it. And still, they don't know how to treat it today. Even today, there's a big, uh, just recently a school, I think it's in New Jersey. Somebody's listening will probably correct me on this, but it's a private school. And for their quote unquote problem students, they're allowed to give them electroshock therapy in the school without parents permission. And you have to remember that for Brainiac five, even if he's depressed back in the seventies, a good round of shock treatment will bring him right out of that stuff. So I, being a hand waving dismissive as this doctor is, is somewhat realistic for the time. Also, it has to set up that the only people that can say Brainiac five are his friends, the core right. members of the Legion of superheroes, right. cosmic yeah, boy, Saturn girl, lightning lad. And of course, Superboy. And they actually say we are his closest friends and we know nothing about Brainiac. And I'm like, well, you, you're probably pretty terrible friends. Then lightning lad, 
Because yeah. in the in the twenty five years that you've been hanging out with Lightning Lad, you'd think that you'd say something as Brainiac Five. You'd be like, "Hey, my mom was a Brainiac too." Well, and, and they probably say, know those things, but they probably don't know about the childhood traumas that he went through as a young as a youngling, as a young Kulin oh. that caused him to Kulun. to snap. No, that's a drink. Kalua. That's a drink. Kalun. So the answer, the problem, the way that you solve the insane brainiac problem is to hijack an amusement park. Okay. Right here, I'm out. And the reason why is not because these legionnaires have committed a criminal act. I mean, they've done stupid things before. And it's not because they're forcibly breaking their friend out of prison to perform illegal and unethical experiments on him in the hell, the hopes of fixing his mental health. It's the fact that they've stolen an amusement park for its illusion technology. When they are literally teammates and friends of princess projectra. She's not around though. Is, but it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. She's not around. You call her back. You call her back from a rando. She's probably in the, she's probably in the seventies hanging out with karate kid. Karate kids back from the seventies. Ah, but is he? We don't know because it's at no point in this issue. Do they say, well, Karate Kid is back in the present right now. At the end of EarthGov where he's like, hey, I'm back for the 70s, you guys. Well, that was previous issues. I'm coming in as a new as a new, uh, you know, five year old reader going, oh, man, this sure looks cool. You're coming in as a devil's advocate. Die. Okay. We'll argue anything. No problem. but, But that's the thing. She's not available. She's on a mission. So we need to find out a different way to do it. Now, the biggest problem that I have is this floating platform that they have for Cosmic World. They said it sees 2 million people a day, which I find very hard to believe for the scale and size of Cosmic World. It's like Imskian technology where you shrink as you come in the door. Maybe. I don't know, because it's like Disney, Disneyland, Disney World, even if this was the size of Disney World doesn't see 2 million people a day. Well, Disney world sucks. I mean, this is cosmic world. They, I mean, they can literally for, show you. Thanks anything. for blowing our potential Disney advertising dollars there. <sighs> so cosmic world, which has nothing to do with cosmic boy. You'd think, well, no, it does because cosmic boy cosmic. goes in and the, uh, the carnival barker, the, the main guy, he's like, you can't come in here and just tell everybody to leave. And Cosmic Boy's, oh, I can't. And he magnifies this guy and sticks him to the side of one of the Cosmic uh, World poles. So, yes, Cosmic World, the Cosmic Boy does have something to do with Cosmic World. And it's sticking the owner up to the side of the pole. We just steal an amusement park. What we really needed, you know, the power of modern medicine and superhuman abilities can't fix him. But we'll, what will fix him are carnies. And that's what's going to help Brainiac 5. Well, they, they are trying to get to the point that he is one of us. Gooba gobble. Uh, so the way that they do it is they use the, the VR technology, the, you know, this 3D uh, solid light projection technology. Mm-hmm. to uh, So Imra takes Brainiac's memories and then they turn those into real projections so that basically he has to live through the best and worst parts of his life. And some of the best parts of his life are when he was apparently a little baby and his dad is like, you are my son. You are Brainiac five. And then the rest of his life is I'm the smartest one in school. And all the other kids beat him up and push him down and, and uh, smack him around. And they finally figure out that what they need to do is 
give him a win. So in one of his past memories, some little girl is trapped. It's not clear if it's just some rando girl or if it's his uh, sister or something like that. But, uh, you know, he goes down to save her. And instead of pulling away in in fright of this monster, I mean, Brainiac is a blonde haired Kaluan that I'm sure all the girls just are like, man, he's pretty spiff and would probably want to date him. So instead of this little girl recoiling in terror, she embraces him. And Brainiac is like, this is what I needed. I needed the embrace and, and, and the love of a little girl to break me out of my, my uh, catatonia. No, and, catatonia, I think, is in Europe. And then everybody comes in and says, so you're cured. And he's like, I am. And then uh, the science police are there and they're like, you're all under arrest. Oh. Uh, but they're led by some Scottish guy who I don't know. Uh, that's actually Officer Patio Furniture. Oh, man. That's uh, horrible. He's, he's, uh, he's from the science police. You can tell because of his massive sideburns. I think, you know, all joking aside, uh, this is not a good issue. Well, Seriously, so, so it's uh, not a good issue, but so the biggest to, problem with it is in fact, the, the depiction of mental illness and mental health. And the fact that, you know, Brainiac five has this very easily ascertained root cause that is driving whatever his issue is, even though, you know, he was driven mad by uh, the mysterious hooded man and, you know, driven around the bend. The fact that all it really takes, all he really ever needed was a hug really bothers me. It feels very dismissive. And I know we're dealing with, you know, comic books where you have comic book disassociative identity disorder, which means Moon Knight has four different superpowers. Or, you know, you have things where people are like, hey, I'm a, a psychopath. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're just a comic book idiot. But this is this is this is just ugh. Not it. It's insulting as a story plot point. It's insulting as this is how simple it was to unravel, you know, the emotional problems of the most complex mind in the world. But it's also insulting just in the terms of dealing with mental illness. And I get it. It's 1979. You know, people aren't necessarily aware of that. And as you said, I mean, even even now they have trouble treating these kind of things. But. Yeah. One thing that I will say, one thing that I will say that is very kind of telling in this book. And I know you might just say, "Ugh, they went into a VR world or they went into this holographic world when they could have got princess projectra. They're actually using, um, VR technologies as a way to get people to cope with fears and traumas. Uh, and so, you know, it's like, if you have a fear of heights, well, put on one of these VR goggles and, You'll, you'll have the ability to, you know, be on top of a tall mountain or a building or something like that and still be in a safe spot, but you slowly start to, uh, conquer your fears over those kinds of things. Or you can go back and, and relive, uh, moments or see things or be immersed in things with some of this VR technology that can help, um, alleviate some fears or phobias or those kinds of things. So, um, I think that that is really kind of interesting that they're using a technology to create a false reality so that someone can deal with some of their, uh, uh of their, in this case, it's a mental, mental illness or, or issue. Uh, but just, today, just right now, and who knows in a thousand years from now, uh, right now we're using it to try to help people conquer their, their phobias. And so I think that that is really amazing. So if there's one thing that you get out of this story, which I agree, it's not a, it's not a fantastic story. 
Um, if there's one thing that you get out of it is that they're kind of somewhat forward thinking in how you might be able to deal with mental, um, mental illness in the future, which I think is pretty cool. And I mean, you can kind of see the roots of, uh, modern cognitive behavioral theory in what they do. They, they basically literally identify a traumatic incident in Brainiac's life. That is, you know, something that triggered him. But it also does bring up the question of at the end of this issue, you know, granted 12th uh, level alien brain, he was aware of what they were doing. He said not about halfway through, he yeah. figured it out. But you also come to a point where he's like, okay, I'm cured now. And I just, oh man, this feels so much like a housekeeping issue. It, it feels like. You know, why, new writer, why is that? Gary Conway. Do you, do you think it's because he was like, oh, I got it figured halfway out? Uh, I'm not sure where you're going with that statement because Jerry maybe Conway when he got says. handed a legion with a broken Brainiac 5, essentially. And this issue is designed to fix that in the quickest way well, sure. possible. Well, sure. Of course. You know, Batman gets uh, some uh, magical massage therapy and suddenly he, he can walk around again uh, because yeah, we need to like have Bruce Wayne back. Um, you know, but you get to, I think you get the same thing with like, you know, bat girl. Oh yeah. Right. She, yeah, now she's got a microchip in her spine and she can walk again. Okay. That's fine. I mean, it, it, modern storytelling, you see, you know, the, the writer leaves a book and basically puts all the toys back in the box, resurrects anybody that he killed, unwinds any big changes, destroys Parker industries and puts Peter back on the street because, you know, his stuff is over. But it really does feel like a long walk for a short drink of water because essentially this feels like Conway going, okay, I want to use Brainiac five in the traditional sense. I want to have Brainiac here. I want to have the green computer guy, but I can't do that because we've been given this weird plot where he's, you know, he's mentally disturbed and we need to fix that. And so they just ham fistedly did it. And I feel like, first of all, Jerry's a better writer than this. But second of all, this is one of my least favorite Legion episodes or issues in memory. I mean, there are terrible Legion stories back in the, in the Silver Age, and there are terrible Legion stories that, you know, pop up in the five-year gap. And God help us when you get to Bendis. But this may be my least favorite Legion comic book. Oh, wow. Because uh, I would say like two or three issues ago was the least favorite one. So here's the, here's the thing that, you know, Brainiac, here, here's my th thought process on this. They're like, oh, Brainiac, how did you know? He's like, well, I knew about halfway through. At which point, part of, part of recovery is realizing that you have uh, some problems. And Brainiac, in my way of his thinking, is, oh, yes, I realize that someone is actually trying to help me with therapy. Let me go along with this and see where this leads. And if it is something that I would agree with, then maybe that will help me. But if not, I can shut back down. Because all we've seen of the help that they are giving Brainiac five is zero help. Uh, as far right. as the, the, the hospital that he's in, they've locked him in a room. All they do is change the lights and they've declared him criminally insane. Nothing to happen. No one is doing anything to help him. So his friends are like, maybe we can help him. Let's try it out. And internally Brainiac is like, Oh, I, I see what they're doing. Okay. Let me go along with this and see what happens. And Oh, you're right. This is me, uh, accepting help and, you know, working through my issues. Hmm. And I can see that's what they were going for. I just don't think it worked. 
We do. There are two other things that happen in in the story. One of them we've already mentioned where the Legion uh, members take over this amusement park, which gets them arrested at the end of the issue, which we'll talk about uh, in, in part two here in just a moment. But the other thing is we get a little bit of action with R.J. Brand and what's going on with um, with his money problems. Mm-hmm. And so we get the um, we get Chameleon Boy and Shrinking Violet, Monel and uh, Shadow Lass mm-hmm. all come in. And as part of the espionage squad, they are going to go and figure out what has happened to R.J. Brand's fortune. Um, we also get to see a little bit of what's going on back on Earth at the Legion headquarters. And something that I, I think I had said several episodes ago is that it looks like the top of the Legion has been destroyed. All the stuff at the bottom mm-hmm. is still there, which, you know, we'll find out here in a moment that that is the case. But yep. man, Timberwolf is uh, very negative You're... about about oh, what is gosh. going on. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, you know, just we want to hone in on that because we had that moment, that weird I'm a lone wolf, baby. Oh, but this is just flat out pessimism. I mean, this is what's the use now. We're all, we're all dead. We'll never be able well, to rebuild. We're and useless. so again, and again, I don't know how much Conway or others have, you know, dealt with, with tragedy, but you know, people who lose their homes, some people are just broken down. You, you see them on the news. If a tornado goes through or a flood or some earthquake or something destroys their home, and, you know, the, the news reporters are looking for any kind of way to uh, glamorize uh, tragedy. You always find somebody or some bodies who are sitting down crying and saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've lost everything. I, I, I don't I, you know, my you know, they don't say my life is over, but you see people who are having an emotional reaction to having lost everything. And so I think that, you know, even though Timberwolf is a little bit overreactive, mm-hmm. it is a reaction that you see in in people and granted we have become accustomed to, you know, a hundred, 200, 300 or more tornadoes breaking out in a single season. Right. Back in the day, there weren't as m- many, uh, natural disasters or things that were destroying people's, you know, large portions of, of, uh, urban areas. And so maybe this is just taking something ripped from the headlines and putting that into Timberwolf. The thing that I do like though, is that, you know, Timberwolf is sitting there saying everything that made us the Legion, our equipment, all of our trophies, all of our weapons, they're gone. We might as well be finished. And then I like what, um, Lightlass says. She says, we're not a collection of toys or, or tools. It's, it's ideas and ideals. Those are, th- if there's anything that's great in this issue, it is that two panel exchange between Timberwolf and Lightlass where they're talking about, you know, the Legion is is more than just the things, the pretty shiny things that are there. And it it is really powerful because even, you know, recently with all the troubles that I have had with my God flooding in the house and, you know, water heaters going out and siding and termites and all these things, it's very easy to just say, Oh my gosh, my life is over. But I've also come to this realization that it's like, no, as long as I have my family, then Everything is going to be fine. I can lose a computer. I can lose, you know, uh, comic books. I can lose, you know, uh, games that I've spent thousands of dollars on. But those are just things that can can be replaced. It's the people that are around us and the idea of what makes you a unit or a family or a person or an individual. It's that strength 
that is what's really important. And so I think those two panels in this issue are really good and really, really well written. Mm -hmm. It's an example of what Jerry Conway can do really well, which, you know, increases my disappointment about the rest of the issue. But I agree with you. That's a strong exchange. And it really does give some depth to that light last Timberwolf relationship, which is neat. Mm -hmm. Yep. If you enjoy the show, we would appreciate your support. You can find out more and become a Legion Clubhouse member at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Okay. So the backup story in issue 257 of right. Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes right. begins with a caption box that reads, and I quote, Many are the honored heroes who once belonged to the Legion of Superheroes and are part of that group no longer. So I was thinking about this because I couldn't think of how many Legionnaires were no longer part of the group. Mm -hmm. Of course, obviously, we have Bouncy Boy. Right. We have Duo Dams who right. left because they got married. Right. We have Supergirl who resigned to go back to the past. Uh -huh. You have the dead feral lad, the dead invisible kid, the dead chemical king. Mm -hmm. So you also have you, a star boy who had to leave for a while. You I'm also back. have matter eater lad who's insane. Okay. So that's four. You also have, um, oh, wasn't there somebody else who just retired? Oh, you had at one point, uh, mm -hmm. lightning lad and Saturn girl. Right. But they were out for like a minute, but now they're back. Yeah. So we're up to like nine at this point. Yeah, nine, if ten, eleven, count, somewhere around If you around count there. all four of the reserve and honored legionnaires. Yeah, Polar Boy and, 13, and the others. Yeah. And if you count, you know, the guys who got kicked out, your nemesis kid, your command kid, um, your uh, Turtle Boy. What was his name? Turtle Boy. Turtle Boy. Jimmy yeah. So you got, I mean, you might, you Pete, might get to 14. But honestly, if you count the number of living people, honored heroes who once belonged to the Legion of Superheroes as of this issue... It's three. I think it's more than that. You just counted off like 11 of them. Yeah, but most of them are dead. It doesn't matter. I don't think Command Kid counts. I don't think Dynamo Boy should count. Nemesis Kid is a jerk. Were, were, they, were, they, members, were they members of the Legion of Superheroes? Ah, but it says honored heroes. I would, I would say that any hero uh, is, is, uh, is honored. But here, here's the thing that I think, here's the thing that I think that you're getting, that's, that you're getting kind of twisted in knots about. It's the word many, right? Yeah. So how many is many? Well, yeah. How many is many? Maybe if I, well, you counted off 11, at least 13, but even then, but even then, if I gave you a handful of cookies and said, uh, you know, what if there's six in your hand, you'd be looking at, Oh, he's given me many cookies. Um, here's the thing. I would say how many, how many current members are there in the Legion of Superheroes as of this issue? 21. Okay. Even if there's 11 that we can count as no longer being members, that's almost half. Half of the current roster, 11 people have cycled out. I would say that's many. That's like 45%. That is many. Mm, I don't know. I think, I think it's a problem. Okay. What do you think, dear listeners? Send us an email podcast at majorspoilers.com. How many is many? That ah. should be, that should be the, uh, the title, the subject of your email. How many is many podcast at majorspoilers.com. I, I think someone is slicing hairs a little bit too thin. 
But when you're looking at 48 percent, 45 to 48 percent of the Legion has cycled through, that that seems like a lot. And Tyrock, we don't even see Tyrock. In fact, if you look in one of the ads in between uh, the stories, uh, they have there are 23 members of the Legion of Superheroes and they list them all. And the weird thing is, instead of just like bullet points, they're using little asterisks. And so they've got two columns that list 22 members. And then at the bottom of that column, they've got Tyrock. And because of the bullets are asterisks, it almost is like, oh, yeah, we've also got Tyrock. Also Tyrock. Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, number 257. Who Stole the Legion? Published November 1979. Written by Jerry Conway with art by Joe Stanton. Synopsis. The Legion of Superheroes is under arrest. All right, let's get into the main story proper in issue uh, 257. This is where the Legion members uh, are going to go to jail because they stole a theme park. Or uh, It's really weird because it's not like they took over the theme park. They just occupied it when it was empty because Lightning Boy or Lightning Lad went up to the sky and put out a message that says, uh, dear, dear customers, uh, the uh, it's a small world ride is currently down, so everybody will have to leave the small, small world. And everybody exits. And that's what he did. He basically is like, hey, the computers are down and we need to do some repairs. And he was like, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll go home. We're um, redoing the Hall of Presidents because nobody knows what the president looks like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in this case, Brainiac now has... A, gain control of his faculties and everyone is, you know, the, the, um, science police guy is ready to haul the kids off to jail and nobody's talking and Brainiac's like, "Mm, just wait, just wait. And then there's a giant earthquake and, uh, the, the five Legion members have to spring into action to use their, their powers to stop this earthquake. Uh, they have to use cosmic boys, magnetism and lightning lads, Mm -hmm. lightning powers, to stop, and I, for some reason, I when I first read the previous issue, I thought that this was some space, you know, it's Cosmic World, so I thought it was off-planet. But no, it's over the Grand Canyon. Yeah, it's and, you know, the, in Arizona. The, the Grand Canyon is just, you know, rife with earthquakes left and right. And apparently because of all of the anti-gravity that Cosmic World is using to create its floating platform, it actually weakened the structure of the strata that caused the earthquake. So again, just like last issue was taught and kind of give us a, a look at the future of how we might deal with mental health. This issue is already telling us decades ahead, quit screwing with the planet. You a holes, you're going to wreck it for everyone. And there ain't going to be no flying boy with magnetic powers or a kid that had a lightning shoot out of his fingers to come and save you. So I thought that that was rather, uh, prescient as well. Yeah. I think that it's interesting that after last issue, having the core legionnaires, I mean, the founders and Superboy, right, commit a crime, literally commit a crime, steal private property to, you know, save Brainiac's life. And don't get me wrong, they did. This issue then tells us that Brainiac 5 is fine. He's back in control of his faculties because he endangers innocence allows a natural a d- disaster to occur that he can take advantage of, then lies openly to the science police about that disaster. So I think what it's proven is that Brainiac 5 can be a part of the Legion again because he's just as much an end-justifies-the-means guy. Well, and I think Brainiac kind of knew, heroes. I think Brainiac knew the earthquake was coming, 
uh, because he's got, you know, the uh, the earthquake sensor data that is constantly flowing into his mind. But had they been allowed to be hauled away, that earthquake would have happened regardless. And had the Legion not been there to get everyone off the platform, apparently, according to the owner of the cosmic world, two million people would have potentially died. So in a sense, through their actions and, you know, the, the police officer guy, the head of the police kind of knows that officer O furniture. Yes. That's so, that's so not appropriate. Um, the, he kind of knows that they're kind of putting on the jive, but he also knows that he respects the Legion. And so he's kind of giving them a lot of leeway when he asks them, Oh, you guys knew that this was going to happen. And that's why you did these things. And they're like, yep, that's why. And he's like, okay, I, I'm going to let you go. And so then he lets them go. He actually says to Superboy, I don't believe that for a minute, lad, but I'm willing to accept it if you tell us it'll never happen again. And I'm like, yes, that's nice. Because the science police guy had a job to do. He was told, arrest the Legionnaires. He didn't want to. And he found a valid justification to not do it and to, you know, come to peace with these heroes that he respects. So it's neat to see after last issue ended with him rushing in and saying you're all under arrest and feeling like, uh, you know, the science police is out to get us moment. What it really comes down to is the science police is actually perfectly willing to help the legionnaires and support them. Even in these strange moments where they're, you know, trying to save Brainiac's mind. And I, I kind of like that. I like well, the I mean, fact that this guy doesn't have to be, you know, the by the book schmuck he has a little bit of leeway and he's willing to work with the team that's neat and i think that's how when you look at any kind of police force they all kind of operate that way well the book says that we have to detain you but our interpretation of the rules say we're going to beat you first and then we'll detain you uh it's it's that kind of stuff in this case we're looking at the police in the future as somebody who um you know have the best interest of its citizens to heart um, meanwhile, we need to get back into some espionage because, uh, because we need to find out the legionnaires believe that RJ brand's fortune being lost is a conspiracy. Well, how could a man lose billions upon billions of dollars? Oh, there's something that did come up that I was very curious about. Um, mm-hmm. and this is the other thing that is a little, a little weird and something that I think that. Uh, maybe because Jerry Conway and the rest of the comic creators, you know, are in their twenties, maybe in their thirties at this point. But at one point, RJ brand is like, Oh kids, I am so feeble. I'm in my sixties and I don't think I'll be able to ever earn a fortune again. And it's like, wait a minute, dude. Uh, that is one thing that is missing today. Uh, you know, there's this assumption that once you hit, you know, 60 or 55 and you hit that age of retirement, you're basically put out to pasture and that's the end of you old man. And that is really not the case uh, today. I mean, you see people who don't have their first book released until they're well past their fifties, or you don't see people uh, getting, uh, you know, their, their Academy award until they're in their seventies. And so just, it's very, dis- it's very ageist in that mm-hmm. statement of, Oh, I'll never be able to rebuild my fortune making stars again. And then that was the second part that caught my, my eye is like RJ brand made his fortune creating stars, like literal stars, like, yes, uh, you know, supernovas in the sky kind of right. stuff. Or was, is he talking about making stars like Lou Pearlman made stars? <laughs> you mean like Legion sync. 
No. Well, I mean, he did create the <laughs> Legion, right? I mean, that's isn't that how uh, Lou Pearlman got the got in sync? Was he found these boys and rounded them up, and then you know did all sorts of horrible, crazy stuff to them, him? Go look up, go look up Lou Pearlman, and yeah, go look up Lou Pearlman, ladies and gentlemen, and vow to never be Lou Pearlman. But he made stars, and he made a lot of money off that. So I couldn't, I didn't know if it was he's got a star factory or does he have a star factory. In this case, it's literal stars. Okay, so did once he built his fortune, did he just shut down the star factory? I don't know. My guess is R.J. Brand is not the one that's pushing the button that says make star. He's not the George Jetson (laughs) at Spacely Sprockets (laughs) just pressing the make sprocket button all day long. My guess is if you're rich like R.J. Brand, you have a whole business that runs and all you have to do is nod your head and say, yes, I approve yeah. the making of that star. So yeah. RJ brand, even if his business was shut down temporarily while they figure out his finances, he's not out to pasture. He's not out. You know, he's not someone who is never going to make a, a, a fortune again. But if there is somebody as rich as RJ brand who could have all of his money suddenly gone missing, there might be something up like, is it the third richest guy in the in the universe is out to get RJ again? Is it someone else? Oh, we need the espionage squad to do this. And it's really kind of silly to see Shrinking Violet um, infiltrate the RJ brand factory uh, and almost be taken out by a Roomba. Which, yes. again, another nice little thing, right? In the future, we will have little vacuum cleaners that go around little your vacuum. house automatically and uh, and clean things up. Well, tiny women and robot vacuums are natural enemies in the wild. But more importantly, something happens in this issue that I think does kind of subtly underline the thought that there's something wrong because Brand's corporate tower is under armed guard by the it, science police. Which, you know, and if you if, if the FBI or the IRS raided your, your company, they would post people outside while they were carting away the things that they needed to cart away. I don't know if they would cover you with armed laser pistols. I mean, yeah, they're police. being, they're being police. bankrupt is not illegal. There's There's been no crime here if R.J. Brand has just gone bankrupt. But they are I officers mean, of the law, so they do carry, you know, guns. Even the FBI, when they go and raid somebody for, you know, corporate shenanigans, they still have their guns. I don't know, man. I feel like the armed guards are, are an indication that something is wrong. And then, of course, you do get to the point where, you know, Remember a few issues ago when we found out that the teenagers were in their fifties. If RJ brand is in his sixties, that means that actually in future terms, Oh yeah. He's probably like 673. Yeah. He could be 600 years old. He's a time Lord. Yeah. But they do find out when they download all of the uh, data Mm -hmm. onto, uh, onto their USB stick and plug it into their computer still at the headquarters because you know, all their databases, all their computers, all their, uh, atomic dynamos are all functioning underground. It's just the 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 showy part of the Legion headquarters the that got destroyed. Itself, yeah. They find out that the person responsible for stealing all the money is the president of Earth. <gasps> now, again, I say you may think that these two issues are really, really bad, Matthew, but already we've seen that, look, in the future, we're going to be able to deal with people's mental uh, disabilities and mental uh, illnesses with VR. We've seen Roomba make an appearance here. We've uh, seen a cautionary tale about uh, how we're destroying our planet through our own amusements. I would say that, you know, the, the question that is asked at the end of this question and that every little kid should be asking America is, would there ever come a time that a president 
would enrich himself off the backs of others and steal money and, and just enrich himself. I I don't know, Matthew, it just feels like this is a, an issue that is, is foretelling the future once more. Or alternately, since it comes out post Watergate, maybe an issue that's being very topical in a five years ago kind of way. I don't know. Yeah. I I will. I will say though, it's time for those of you who've been paying attention for Boltax watch. As you know, President Kandro Boltax, also referred to as President Kandrew and President Candy, 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 I Can't Let You Go, changes his appearance in every single appearance today. He has gray wavy hair and a toothbrush mustache like Charlie Chaplin and or another uh, uh, 20th century figure whose name we won't mention on the show. But he's also wearing a polka dot cowl that goes all the way up to the top of his head. Which proves right oh, he's there a Doctor Who villain. that he's evil. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is an evil man's cowl. He's got, his collar is so high. How high is it? It's so high, Stephen, that red man now, asked the answer is, if it needed to take a drink. It's as high as an elephant's eye. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say. Is it? Yes. All right. It's as high as an elephant guy. No, not an elephant guy. An elephant's eye. Well, you need to, you need to enunciate. You need to clean out your ears is what I think. Anyway, that's pretty much, uh, this issue in a nutshell. It sets up the next big moment for the Legion as they try to get RJ brands fortune back. And maybe the team will be reunited and it feels so good once, uh, once they get everyone back together and the science police are put uh, in line and they realize that the Legion are their friends or maybe not, maybe it'll all come crashing down and uh, the president of the universe will take over everything and the Legion will be no more. You're just going to have to find out next time. Speaking of next time, that is where we're going to wrap it up this time. Thank you so much for downloading and checking us out this week. Matthew, what did we learn? We learned that if you want to stop an earthquake, all you need is magnetism and lightning because that's just science. I think we also learned that uh, sitting in your room, watching television at all hours in the dark, it's perfectly fine. Even Netflix comes up and says, are you still paying attention? Are you still watching this? Or should we continue? So, you know, everything's fine. And we learned that when Steve Ditko draws the backup story, Bouncing Boy looks remarkably like Bosco. Again, thank you everyone for downloading and listening to this episode. We certainly appreciate everyone who listens to this show, even those of you who are under 30. And we also appreciate those of you who are over 50. Uh, if you want to see this show continue far into the future, maybe into the time of the Legion of Superheroes, then by all means, uh, head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Uh, I would say put a penny in today and it will pay off a million years from now when the universe is uh, dying its cold death and we can all have a happy meal. But more realistically, we could use that money now. So even if you can sign up at the $5 a month level, we would certainly appreciate that. And uh, you will go down as one of our favorite people in the entire world. But but not you, Ted Cruz. Uh, until next time, I am, well, that is a Roomba man. And I'm Earth President Campo Rinpoche. The Legion Clubhouse is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC, and is produced by Stephen Schleicher. Your hosts were Matthew Peterson and Stephen Schleicher. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra and Stephen at Major Spoilers. You can follow this podcast on Twitter 
at Legion Clubhouse. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. I'm Jason Inman. Until next time, eat it, Grandpa. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.